Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Salith Cisse began his acting and screenwriting career while still in high school, where he discovered his passion for the stage and screen. He attended local conservatories before being admitted to the prestigious National Academy of Dramatic Arts in 2017, which is located in Paris. During that time, he staged his first project called High Sign at the Carte Blanche Festival. And from there, he went on to be cast in the 2019 French film All Hands on Deck. Now, Salif starred in his own original television miniseries titled Crowns, directed by Julian Carpentier and produced by The Golden Network. He is one of the lead roles in the current Netflix series Endless Night, which is directed by David Perrault. Now you can see season one of that on Netflix. And he's also featured in the third season of Lupin, which will also be on Netflix coming up soon. And his latest adventure is back to the stage, of course, at the Avignon Festival in Julie Dupliquet's Welfare an adaptation of the 1975 Frederick Wiseman documentary. And in 2022, he was shortlisted for a Cesar Award as Best Promising Actor. Now, on this episode, I talked to him about his screenwriting, and I talked to him about his film ventures and some of the differences he's noticed between actors and the acting profession in France. And here in the United States, especially when it comes to folks of color. So with that said, let's get into the conversation. Salif Sisse, how are you? Thank you for, for coming on to the Scene to Scene podcast um, you got a lot of different things going on. You're very busy. And it's <laughs> funny because I was looking over like, you know, I was looking over some things and I saw that you were in um, Brother and Sister. Uh, um, how do you pronounce it in French? <laughs> it's, I don't know. I'm not like so good at speaking French. <laughs> it's just I, the saw, word. <laughs> I saw you were in that and I automatically knew the part. Yeah. That you played because I remember that scene distinctly and I was like oh he was the, in the pharmacy yeah. like, oh that was getting yelled at and whatever I was like oh. <laughs> that was actually a really great scene and oh, I what sort of propelled you to want to get into acting especially with with it being so difficult especially for black folks to break into the entertainment business in France yeah, I mean, it was um, a very innocent, innocent posture for me. I didn't, I didn't plan to do it. I just, I just started at a, you know, an acting class, an acting option, a theater option in uh, in high school, and I didn't, I didn't know that I would like it, but I, 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 I really did, and uh, a lot of people uh, encouraged me to to continue. So. 
I continued. And yeah, at first I just wanted to, I, not just, but I wanted to be a director. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cinema, but I didn't know that I would be an actor. Uh, it was uh, it was out of the blue for me. Mm. And what was leading up to your first role? What was it like? What were you doing? You, I know, I know, I see that you went to school and everything. Yeah. And, but I was leading up to the, your very first role. Like, what are some of the things you had to do besides like take, you know, taking classes and, and going to school and stuff like that um, or going to school? Like what other things were you doing? Like auditioning, yeah. talking to folks, finding an agent, like, you know, talk a little bit about the process for you before, like, or leading up to your first role. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, I started with a, a little little role, like a lot of people. But yeah, at first, uh, before 2019, I wasn't, you know, auditioning for anything. I was just at school. And I realized that a lot of like, my peers were, you know, uh, auditioning for a lot of, uh, you know, roles and parts. So I was like, oh, I'm behind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's this uh, casting director that contacted me on Facebook. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. who uses Facebook again? Right. And <laughs> contacted me on Facebook to, you know, to, to, uh, to audition for a role. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was a small part, but I, at that time, I was in the middle of, you know, transitioning from theater to, to uh, you know, to acting in front of, of a camera. And uh, that's not something like people that, that in France, like, um, there's not a lot of classes, like, of uh, acting in front of camera. So mm-hmm. I just, what I did is just that I, I recorded myself like maybe four hours a day to mm-hmm. try different scenes and stuff. So when I received this audition, I, w- I just took it like a, a writ of passage. Like, mm-hmm. am I ready to go in front of a camera? And actually I, I, it was my very first casting. I, I, I had the role, so it was, it was great. It was part of my process. And after mm-hmm. that, I the very first big role that I had was uh, in uh, All Hands on Deck, mm-hmm. um, A Bordage by uh, Guillaume Braque, and that was the the first one. And this one was not an audition; it was not audition based, but it mm-hmm. was more of a, you know an interview, a discussion that right. I had with the director. He was interesting in my interested in my profile, so we just. We just talked about a lot of things, uh, politics, my childhood, uh, my relationship with, you know, girls coming up, mm-hmm. what, what it was, what kind of guy I was uh, when I was uh, a teenager. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it led it to uh, this first big role that was a lead role. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's actually what happened, I think, for the first role. All hands on deck. Can you talk? about what that experience was like your first time you know your first big role on a set working you know with this director and you know it's it won I believe if I read correctly it it was selected or won at Berlin it was at Berlin I do know for that for a fact it was there um and so being a part of that being on the festival circuit your yeah. first big role. What was that like to sort of receive that? It was it was 
uh, it was a crazy experience because uh, I didn't think that I would have uh, a lead role at that stage of my career. I thought mm-hmm. it would get a lot, a, a little bit more time. And <laughs> you're like, I thought it would be slower than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, and I thought, I thought this film wasn't gonna be like, um, like very you know, watched by a lot of people. I thought it was a small film, and it, it's a, a small form of uh, a cinema that we do in France, like La Nouvelle Vague. Uh, the new wave and all these things. Very yeah, it's like super. It's like super indie cinema. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I, I really didn't think. Even my mom, I didn't think my mom would see it one day. <laughs> so, uh, so, but all of a sudden, and it, it got, it got a lot in a lot of like festival. You said Berlin. It was in Berlin. We won uh, a, a special mention, I think. Mm-hmm. In Berlin, we won in a festival called the Cabot Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elise Festival. It won a, a grand prize over there too. Oh wow! It won a couple of prizes. Uh, 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 even in individual prizes for me, I won a, a best, like best uh, second, best lead role or something for. Oh wow! The festival. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and I was pre-selected by uh, the Caesar, the Elisa. Um, pre-selected by uh, like oh yeah that's right um were you like most promising actor yeah 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 I was part of that list and nice and wow just like right out the gate like yeah 2020 was was it was a difficult year for a lot of people uh, of course but for me it was just (laughs) for you you know and it's good to like hear about these these good things that sort of went down in a time of like trauma and tragedy that it was like, you know, I understand the world was shit, but things (laughs) did actually go well for me as well as they could, you know? Yeah. 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 It was, um, yeah, it was a particular moment. It was two months, I think two months. I like a lot of people March to March to May where we were like, what's going to happen. And then, for me, after that transition to like doing interviews uh, for a lot of festivals, <laughs> like they were in Sao Paulo, like California, going to Korea, it was it was it was a nonsense. Everything by Zoom, of course, but it was just like it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. We got out of this how how you say that confinement thing. Mm-hmm. And then things started to to go to to go back to normal. And then I saw the the real hit because it, it was released in in theaters. And uh, I got all these things invited to interview, doing interviews. And uh, like at this moment, like I, I saw my career shifted a little bit. Now, can you talk a little bit about like? Do you often think about? how things would have been if we weren't in the pandemic you know there's a certain there's a certain feeling there when you are you know confinement versus like being on those red carpets and you know meeting those people and like having your moment in person so like did you feel some type of way about that a little bit because of course i i couldn't do any comparison because before (laughs) before everything before that film, I never been into a red carpet or anything. I was, 
I was just like, I'm happy to be there <laughs> already. And then we had one like festival that was in the midst of, it was between two times where they mm. didn't know what, if we needed to be confined again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and everybody were, was wearing masks and stuff. But me and my friends, we were like, okay, we're going to enjoy these things. We're going to mm-hmm. have the drinks. We're going to eat the food. And we're going to be like fresh as hell going mm-hmm. to the pub <laughs> and stuff. It was, it was weird. We knew it was weird, but we, we enjoyed that. And um, yeah, no, I didn't feel like I, no, I didn't feel a type of way about it. It was just, it was just, we were, we felt, I felt like we were lucky enough to, mm-hmm. to do that at that time. So, yeah. And um, from there, and also, it seems like in conjunction with that, you wrote your own story, uh, yeah. Crowns. I think that's what it, that's what it translates to, at least yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all the it French did. that I do know. And, <laughs> um, and you did that and that was directed, you know, that you didn't direct it, but you did write it. Yeah, and yeah, can you talk about how different that process is? Um, you know, as, as opposed to being an actor, now you are the face of your own work. Yeah. So what was that experience like for you going from, from first lead role pandemic to writer and starring in that? Yeah, it was, um, it was because it, it was very, it was a crazy experience because everything happened all at once, like, uh, all, all hands on deck and, uh, the crown, Mm-hmm. Uh, thing that and and uh, we were selected by a festival by um, what was the name? Yeah, a series series mania mm-hmm. in in Lille, and it's like one of the biggest festival of uh, TV shows in the world. Mm-hmm. And and we were so happy, and then the pandemic, <laughs> so, so Got it. It, it stopped. But for me, it was it was kind of a different. You mentioned that it, it's not as easy or it's not the same path as a black actor that we um, like it's not it's not the same thing so you have to see and you have to create your own work sometimes mm. you got you uh, I, I kind of felt like if I wanted to play a role that I recognize myself into mm. and a lot of people that look like me recognize mm. themselves into I, I needed to write it and mm. I'm fortunate enough to 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 be able to write so I was mm. like hey I'm not gonna wait until somebody right. like interested in me so I did this thing and it was a story about gentrification mm-hmm. and the thing is I didn't know what gentrification was before I went to New York and and I, <laughs> yeah and and a lot of people were, were talking to me about that about Harlem about Brooklyn and I I was like okay and then I started connected with my own my own like my own hood mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um, like and in Paris the situation in Paris and I was like I have to do something about it because a lot of people don't know it like I do and uh, I wanted to um how to say that I wanted to to be in control of that story because it right. was really important to me so actually it was different in uh in the fact that I, I wrote it so it was easier for me to, to act uh on the character that I created right. and I, it felt like very schizophrenic because I had all the characters in my mind all the dialogues that I wrote 
I was acting with the other actors and I knew all their text. I knew all their lines. I was I was in the middle of, th- of everything, even though I didn't direct it, but I did. I did give instructions to the director. I picked uh, I picked him myself, and yeah, it was um, it's it's something that is I'm very proud of this experience. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about crowned and the idea of gentrification. Did you find that there is a lot of similarities between what's happening in New York and what's happening in, in Paris? Yeah. Do you, do you come from the city center or do you come from the outskirts? Yeah, I, I, I come from the, the outsides. Of the outside, okay. Yeah, yeah, just outsides. And crown means... Um, like the uh, it, uh, Paris is like a a, a chunk, very mm. kind of round, roundish, and around it there's a uh, we call yeah there's two crowns and we call it like the little crown and the big crown. Okay. The big crown is the is the further away from the center of Paris, mm. and me I live in the little crown. Okay. And uh, you see, you can see that in the little crown. Uh, a lot of cities were transforming themselves, right? Uh, like, uh, kind of like, uh, like, kind of like Brooklyn or Harlem, actually. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were uh, forced to to go uh, further into the big crown. And uh, the story about crowns, my my t- my 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 TV show, mm-hmm. <laughs> my series, uh, talk about that. It talks about. How the uh, how the how we like very how do you say that slithery <laughs> we push people it at the uh, how we how we displace people and yeah. and you know how they end up having to uproot their lives yeah, yeah. you know most and neighborhoods we, they've spent years in and now they have to move you know yeah and the mechanic of it and right how it's just it's just something that is economic and oh too bad you can't afford to live here anymore so maybe you live a little bit further and we and you shall see what your life going to look like and and there's a lot of people that, uh, and i remember uh, very vividly when i was a kid that a lot of people that I grew up with uh, started to disappear all mm-hmm. of a sudden and move out and i was like when when you're little you don't you don't understand that people move out you're just like it hey, disappear where mm-hmm. Where this guy is, where this this girl is, like, and you, and but and at first it was like I was I was gonna do a science fiction uh, thing mm-hmm. uh, about people disappearing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I was uh, I took that thing a little bit far <laughs> because I, I I I don't I don't think I was able to write something like mm-hmm. that, so I I kept it simple and just told the story at the end. So you just you grounded the story and yeah. told it, and it's like. You know, I can relate because same thing happening here. Like all my friends have gone, moved on. Many of my family members have moved out of the city. 
Mm. I don't know why I'm still here, to be honest, but I guess it's, you know, I've tried to move away a couple of times and I always end up back here. But when you talk about Harlem, I live like right in the center of Harlem. And for some reason, there are a lot of French people here. I don't know where (laughs) they're coming from. Like, I don't know what it is, but I've walked down the street many days and heard groups of people speaking French and I'm not talking about black folks and I'm not talking about people from Senegal no I'm talking about like just groups of white people just speaking French mm-hmm. I'm like where the hell do they come where are they coming from like uh, where and the same reaction I have the same reaction as you because I'm like yeah I can blend in because I'm mm-hmm. black Mm-hmm. They don't know I'm French right away. And then I hear all this French. I'm like, God damn, I'm trying to have a... Like, I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to move away from all of that. Like, yeah. you know, here you are. I was like, and I get it. Like, you know, cities like places like Paris and, and New York have a certain pull to them. You know, there's a certain convenience there. People like the city life and everything. But I'm really glad that you were able to tell the story, um, you know, in mini series form, because it seems it, it's something that we don't know about yet. You know, you're speaking a different language, but we're having the same experience, you know? Yeah. Um, sure. And I think that that's a lot of times what what cinema and film and creating stories is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding the connection, even though we may be from different places or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great point because it was uh, at the center of uh, what I was doing because mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted, um, I didn't want to do something that only my friend and my people can relate. I wanted mm-hmm. white people to understand it too. Right. And, and I wanted I wanted people with uh, more fortunate situations to understand it. Like, oh, are we gentrifiers? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we are. Oh man, I didn't realize, realize it. And 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 I wanted every everybody to have a perspective, like something that welcomed them into this into this uh, world that was you know mm. surviving and yeah it's important it's important to to have all uh, all the opinions at the center of it so i'm gonna switch gears right now and talk a little bit more about television and uh starting with endless night yeah which i have seen mm-hmm. and you know it's on netflix right now i believe yeah, and yeah. you know is a really sort of unique story. How did you get pulled into that one? Yeah, that one it was a weird one. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I mean, it happened so fast. Like in the, like in one week, uh, they were looking, and that's interest, interesting because it it, it uh, revealed the state of the black actors in France. They were looking for. Uh, a black actor to play this character. That's that character. That name is uh, Idris. Idris. Well, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Idris. <laughs> and and uh, Idris is uh, like the the black actors that we usually cast in France are very like we put them in a very cliche roles, like very hood kind of mentality stereotypical shit yeah yeah we know that and and we're like me i decided from the jump from the, the get-go that i would never like i don't if if it's not interesting i would never play some, some somebody like that because i don't want to caricaturize my people right and, and uh and uh but they they've been looking for an actor for like she told me like four months i think mm-hmm. And they couldn't find somebody that would like very 
you know, embody this character because he's a very kind of like, he's a, he's a, how do you say that? He's a timid guy, mm-hmm. uh, close to he, uh, close to himself. He doesn't talk much. He's really like, you have to depict uh, a proper character. Right. And, and they, they, they need some, somebody that could play this specific part and they didn't find it. And actually they contacted somebody from my agency uh and uh that guy didn't want to uh audition so uh my agent suggested me but they're like no we want to see the other guy but they were like no my my agent was like yeah you should see him like Mm -hmm. him you don't know maybe and uh they they asked me a tape i did i did i did the tape they were like oh okay we like him and then then like i think four days later i ended up in a in a room with all the cast Mm-hmm. group cast and we were doing like a scene I, I didn't I didn't understand what, what was happening was that it was the director the producer everybody <laughs> so you uh, didn't know that so you didn't realize you had been cast yeah you, you were just up in the room like what is going on <laughs> yeah, but it was the last stage it was the last stage and they've been seeing people all day and mm-hmm. me I, I hop in because I I thought I thought it was going to be like easy like easy like I, I didn't know like the <laughs> what was at stake and right. uh, I hop in and and the old, the whole cast is casted they did the the whole day looking for everybody and I was the last one wow and and uh it was when I when I got there they were like okay this is it are we good like let's take a a, a, a picture they send it to Netflix and I think uh, one week later, I, I they told me, oh, yeah, you gotta go, you gotta go to Belgium for ten weeks. <laughs> so wow, okay. nice. So yeah, it was a, it was a crazy experience. That is that is really cool because like, you know, I talked to there's a couple of French actresses that I talk to, yeah. you know, semi regularly, and yes, Mina um, Edwards you know, fills mm-hmm. me in on, on what the happenings, Yeah. but you know, I, I've spoken to Aisa, Maiga and, and Nadej and, and just se- several other people. And, and I know how hard it is for black women to, you know, find roles that are not like prostitutes and, oh, yeah. you know, single mothers or whatever. But mm-hmm. I also imagine that black men will be going through something similar there. Um, I know you have a couple of, of people you know, you have Omar C, who, who, who I'll, you know, talk more about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know of any other very famous Black French actors. Like, yeah, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Am I missing something? No, you're not missing anything. <laughs> That's oh, it. There's, shit. No, there's not so much uh, Black actors, uh, men or women, uh, in, uh, in France because... Uh, the stories are not. We didn't have black exploitation. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have that, so we didn't. It didn't. It didn't show. It didn't like reveal a lot of black actors. Interesting, uh, right? And and um, like people in France are just starting to realize. Oh, we are lacking of diversity on screens. So, yes. so, so this thing takes time. It takes times, and like. Me, I'm kind of a, one of the first generation that has like I, I've been uh, into the Conservatoire of Paris, which is the biggest school uh, in, in in France for mm-hmm. 
uh, as far as acting. Mm-hmm. And um, we're one of the first generation that has more than two black people in the in the in the promotion. This is crazy. This is crazy. So, it sounds so crazy. Yeah. So most of the people, most of the actors that are in the market right now, they didn't have a, uh, a formation like I did. Mm-hmm. So it's people that you know, that been just casted on the streets or that were that somebody told them, oh, you should you should act. So they went to acting. But there is not a, a, a whole roster of black actors and actresses that are, are coming to storm the market. And, yeah. you know, so it's it's coming up, but it's it's taking like much. It's more, moving slow, yeah. like super Slowly. slow, like snail pace. But yeah. I have a big hope in my generation. I, I can tell you I've seen some black and, and black actors and actresses that were crazy. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 like they were so good. And I, I was a, a jury, a juror? I don't know. How to say juror, that. yeah. Yeah, a juror uh, at my acting school. Uh, big honor. I was like, oh, okay. And now and wow. I get to be a juror. And uh, I've seen a lot of our brothers and sisters and they're killing it so i'm very i'm very hopeful and speaking of killing it like you're on you're going to be in season three of lupin yeah and you know lupin is like the biggest thing to come out of france um in a while you know in terms of like television being a part of that and working with probably one of the more famous actors in france and working with the only black one that i know besides (laughs) you now (laughs) um do you did you feel like in a a pressure to like be able to perform Mm. at a level at the same level as omar or higher yeah um not to be to be honest um you know for me actors we like athletes we 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 feel the pressure the pressure but we i i have a full confidence in myself uh that I prepared myself for so many years to get to this stage that, yeah, I felt a little bit of pressure, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't make me like a fragile or mm. anything. I was excited, actually. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, somebody is giving me, I, I felt very lucky and fortunate to be uh, there because I know so many of my counterparts are don't have in the, the same opportunity of me right so yeah it's us like it's like it's like that us like people we always look at the people we represent to right 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 like, no 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 I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this thing I'm going to do it right and a lot of people if not like whole like internationally a lot of people are going to see it but for me like my friends my mom my sisters like I want them to be proud of me so I want to do a good job. And I was uh, I was in my mind and that thing kills the pressure. Right, because, right, right. Yeah. Is there any like words of wisdom or anything like that that Omar gave you um, while on set filming Lupin? Yeah, actually, uh, I didn't I didn't get to to act to act with him directly because we're 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 acting on two different um how you say that we're acting on two different uh time timelines mm-hmm. yeah, oh, my character okay. is in 1998 and his character is in 2022 is that a spoiler it's not okay it's, 
I was gonna say, is that a spoiler? I mean, <laughs> no. it would have been totally fine if it was a spoiler. Like, it would have been really cool. <laughs> well, I can tell you more after. But no, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not a spoiler. And, and but I got to meet him uh, after uh, the shooting. And mm. he already saw uh, some scenes that I did. And uh, there's some scenes that he did, obviously, because he's a producer on the show, of course. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he had some kind words. He had some you know, some uh, advices about, you know, um, being more calm and st- stuff like that. Some things mm-hmm. you, you tell to people that are younger than you and less experienced than you. And yeah, yeah, he had advices. And of course, I mean, yeah. And so right now you got a couple of other projects coming up mm-hmm. and you're doing theater right now. Yeah. Like, what else like you seem like real real busy which is fantastic mm-hmm. what's the name of the show you're in right now uh 1983 that's the name of the yeah 1983 can you yeah. describe what it means and what it's about yeah um it's about the year 1983 obviously and it's a very important year in uh the story the recent story of friends because uh we um there's a lot of um you know f- um french is an immigration france is mm-hmm. an immigration country mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of uh immigration rights uh, have been decided at that time mm-hmm. and, um we had like a new president mm-hmm. uh, called mitterrand that uh got into power and uh, it was a left wing so everybody had hope that a lot of you know, um, you know, p- people like my parents that from Senegal, Mali would have like uh, decent rights to work in France, to have decent, uh, decent um, housing and stuff like that. It happened, but not as much as people think. And there were a lot of killings in France at that time. Mm-hmm. There, there a lot of racist, um, racial kills. Mm-hmm. And um, people were sick of it. And uh, they started to do uh, a march like uh, Martin Luther King and uh, mm. Gandhi, like civil rights march, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they 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 walked from the south, uh, Marseille to Paris. They they walked all the way up there, and uh, at the end, they were welcomed by the president. It was people like me, their youth, from parents that come from Africa and all over the world that you know conducted that march because they were not happy where with the way of things were going on so yeah it was a very very important time in france for the immigrants and people like me um and uh we decided to do um, a documentary theater about it mm-hmm. and we got that yeah man i would like to see that as a film i remember i remember les miserables when i saw that and i yeah. was like you know that's the kind of stuff i would like to see about uh france uh, because it's you know it's the place that I'm learning more and more about mm-hmm. and traveling to more and more, yeah. and I just I'm fascinated with some of the history there. And again, it's just like me learning like we speak a different language, we deal with the same fucking shit, the same oh, yeah. crappy government and the same crappy police you know systems, um, you know. And a lot of things haven't changed. I remember you know from 2020 to you know earlier this year they were having. Uh, marches for it was a woman whose brother had got killed yeah and, Adama Traore. yeah and they had uh 
protests and everything like that. So it seems like it's just like history repeating itself. So um, that definitely sounds like a great, a great theatrical event to go to. So hopefully more people go out there and check that one out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of people are interested in this story because it's not a, it's only a story about blacks and black people, Arabs. We have a lot of Arabs from Algeria and France that the story between France and uh, its former colonies is very deep, very dark, and uh, we still have the consequences now. So yeah, yeah, there's things to tell, of course, story to tell. Or do you have any more projects that you're writing in the future? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, writing, um, I'm writing a, a short. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I will I will shoot it in New York because I love that city. You can tell, <laughs> and uh, I'm already I'm uh, I'm doing it with uh, the producer of um, All Hands on Deck. Mm-hmm. We 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 got along very very much, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he is uh, I'm interested in working with him, and he is interested too. So we were like, okay, let's do a short first. And then see uh, if it works, and then we'll do a, a long one. And uh, I want to do um, a feature of uh, crowns. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do. I want to do with him. He loved the story and stuff. So we're doing this one uh, in New York, the short in New York. And then um, I have a, a series that I'm writing, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> that's Man, good. you are. Salif Cisse is busy, busy, booked and busy, and is really just getting started, people. So be sure to check out All Hands on Deck, Lupin Season 3. And if you're in Paris, right, the show's in Paris, go see 1983. He's on stage putting that conservatory school, school training to fantastic use. (laughs) <laughs> and uh overall great guy thank you so much for thank for coming you. on to the scene to scene podcast and looking cool. forward to hearing more about you and seeing you and you know in loop in season three thank you for welcoming me and uh see you <laughs>